Blog Talk Radio. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Every knee shall bow. See the light. Gap pulled over, see the brights. What you doing on the street at night? Wonder if they're gonna read your rights. 13th Amendment, three strikes. Made a left when I should have made a right. Told God last time on life. Told the devil that I'm going on a strike. Told the devil when I see him on sight. I've been working for you my whole life. Told the devil that I'm going on a strike. I've been working for you my whole life. Nothing worse than a hypocrite. Change, he ain't really different. He ain't even try to get permission. Ask for advice and they dissed him. Said I'm finna do a gospel album. What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first one to judge me. Make it feel like nobody loved me. They'll be the first one to judge me. Feeling like nobody loved me. Told people God was my mission. What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first one to judge me. Make it feel like nobody loved me. Make you feel alone in the dark and you never see the light, man. You never see in home, man. You never see the domes. I can feel it when I write. Point of living in the right. If they only see the wrongs, never listen to the songs. Just to listen is a fight. But you whoop me for the fight. It's so hard to get along if they only see the slight from the love of religion. What are you being from the Christians? They'll be the first one to judge me. Make it seem like nobody loves me I'm not trying to lead you to Jesus But if I try to lead you to Jesus We can call halfway believers Only halfway read Ephesians Only if they knew what I knew of I was never new till I knew of True and living God, Yeshua The true and living God Somebody pray for me well, I want to welcome everyone to another episode on this blog talk platform, the Spiritual Stone Network. Another episode, and I want to Well, tonight, uh, obviously, I'm sure y'all know what we're going to be talking about. You hear Kanye in the background. Uh, we're going to be talking about Kanye West tonight. Uh, this is Current Events, a special episode. Normally we do Current Events on Mondays, but tonight, just normally open forum, we're going to do 
uh, current events. Uh, this is a special with Brother Ella Shore, where we're talking about Jewish and black financial relationships and the Kanye West ordeal. Um, folks, uh, we, welcome, we welcome you uh, again to uh, the house, so to speak, and uh, hopefully be blessed by what you're going to be hearing tonight. Um, I want to say this is part two. If you missed part one, well, I don't know what to say. Play a little bit more Kanye West in the background, by the way. So we'll just do a little Kanye tonight. So anyway, last week, uh, actually Monday, Elishua uh, Israel, a.k.a. Gary Ellison, uh, did a special talking about um, this very topic, Jewish and black financial relationships and Kanye West. However, he got uh, also on the uh, topic of the church. It's not really in the show's description. Uh, we talked to we got a, a lot off on on, on uh, church, the church, the church, and uh, I guess it was tied in somewhat. But uh, tonight, again, Brother LSU is going to do part two. I feel like he didn't get everything out with regards to Kanye West or the Jewish and Black financial relationship. Hopefully, we hit that a little bit more tonight. But whatever, if you want to get back on the church, that's fine. I'm not going to really limit the brother tonight. It's his show. I did put it out there, and Brother LSU, hopefully you're listening. People, when they tune into the show, whatever the title of the show is, they're going to look forward to that title. And so I just want to just say this really briefly, and I'm going to bring him on as promised. I said that I would only do the intro, and then Brother Seth, the creator of the Five and Soul Network, myself, I'm going to only comment at the very end because I was told that I didn't get a brother chance uh um, when we went back and forth towards the uh, latter part of the show. Now, I thought the brother talked most of the show, but there were some people felt like, yeah, but when y'all got into the exchanges, you didn't allow him to uh, get his word out. And I listened, and maybe I just have communication skills problems. I'm sure I do, but I just didn't see that. I felt like when he was sharing, I was sharing. So let me just say this, because I am going to do the right thing by Brother LSU and anybody else that come on as guests or co-hosts or hosts on this show. I just want you all to know the intentions of tonight's show, the goals of tonight's show. At the end of the day, we have to please the Most High, or I strive to please the Most High with this network. It is not just a gossip a blog or not, or not another blog. We sit around and just talk about the problem. Uh, we like to give hope. We like to leave people encouraged. We like to leave the church for sure. Uh, those that are seeking the Father and, and really trying to live for Him and who's trying to deny their flesh and trying to pick up their cross daily and live for this Most High. Last thing I want to be doing with my particular, uh, this this blog, this network, is to be discouraging people. Elishua's job, I felt, and the Holy Spirit's job through him, I felt, was to expose a lot of the evils, true, true evils in the church. And I 100% agree with, I'm going to say 90% agree with what he put out there that is going on in the church or under the name of Christianity. Uh, those who control the, you know, control Christianity, I 90% agree with him. Okay, with some kind of way, when we get to going back and forth, it's, it's interpreted the brother said don't agree with what those in power, those the Jewish, the, those that say they are Jews, what they've done to, to this uh, faith, to our faith, what they've done to our church, uh, to the body of Christ, what they're doing, 
uh, the changing of the names and, and, and the changing of the days we worship and, and the many things that they have done. That wasn't what I was saying uh, on the show. I definitely agree with Brother Ellis I just have a hard time when we talk about Christianity, especially when we make comments like throw out Christianity or, you know, come out of Christianity. People don't always know what that means. Christianity to the average person in the street, Joe Blow, thinks it's going to church, trying to obey you, obey the Bible, obey Christ. And when you say come out of that, they're thinking that. They don't know all this stuff we talk about. This is for learned people, okay? And a lot of times people come on to these shows, they're just trying, they see Kanye or whatever, and they just tune in for whatever reason. I, for one, Brother Seth, I'm just letting this, putting this disclaim out there as clear as day, as the creator of the Five Stone Network, I vehemently agree with Elishua about the problems of Christianity. So please don't misunderstand me, all right? I vehemently agree with him. What I disagree with him and anybody that wants to label, all, put all Christians, uh, 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 talk about Christians as though they're the problems, especially regular, every, everyday laymen that don't know anything. You know, folks, is just, you know, even if they've been saved for 50 years, a lot of people don't know half the stuff we talked about. They don't know what's wrong with the church. They don't understand the whole J thing. And they just simply reading their Bible, going to church, fasting, praying, some of them. And then some of them are rebellious. Some of them, even if they knew this was true, if it causes a persecution from their brothers and sisters, they may not do it. But... This is the way I look at it, brothers and sisters, and then we're going to bring on Brother Elishua. I have seen in my life, Brother Seth, I struggle with some things that I'd be embarrassed to tell y'all, but I have actually told y'all over this network. Does that mean, so I don't really have, that's why I have so much patience and love for the, and I'm not saying Elishua don't. I'm just telling Brother Seth right now. That's all I can account for, y'all. I don't have it like that. If I see somebody overtaking the fall, if I see some lies of deception in Christianity, I'm going to talk about it just like it is. I'm going to talk about those that, you know, those powerful people that rule over us. They're the ones that have brought these lies into this belief system. And to our relationship with the Father. They're the ones full of the devil that's lying to us. But I'm never going to throw my mom, my grandma, my sisters and brothers that are trying to live this life, or even strangers, make them feel like they need to walk away from what they believe. I'm going to say you need to walk away from the lies, the deception, the trickery. Of those that say they are Jews and what they've done to our church and what they're really doing to our world. I'm going to point it out. I'm going to be like Christ. I'm going to take the whip and go into the temple. I'm not going to say come out of the temple. Go go start another temple. Get rid of this whole thing. Get rid of all this. Since y'all have been using my father's temple, Christ said he whipped him out of the temple. said you will not make my father's temple, house of prayer, into Y'all know the story. That's what I plan on doing with this network. Going into the temple, running out the thieves, not starting another temple and saying, let's create a whole another temple. These are liars, 
and they're taking uh, a hold of Christianity, like LSU was saying. Again, I 90% agree with him. And they've got all, us doing all kinds of demonic things in these churches. We need to call it out. But we need to encourage the believer that stay with the Father. Continue to seek him. The Holy Spirit is going to reveal even more things in our lives. And all of us, as we learn about sin, need to walk away from our sin. And when we do rebuke people, just consider ourselves, lest we also be tempted. So at this point, I'm going to go ahead and turn over to Elishua. What is Brother Seth doing tonight? Watching the boards, listening for noise. And I will comment, come back at the very end of the show with a 10-minute um, final I may ask Brother Ellis your quick questions, but that's it. All right, it's 15 after, as I promised. I'm going to turn it over to him. Uh, brother Ellis, if you're in the house, go ahead and press one. I don't even see the brother in the house. Uh, let's do this. Let's do this, brothers and sisters. All right. Again, we want to thank you for your time tonight. Really appreciate you, brothers and sisters. Uh, some of y'all are so busy. You could be doing so many other things. Um, I would talk about sharing the show, um, but I'm going to bring on the brothers' promise. So, um, area code nine seven two seven five five. I think this is brother John. Brother John, uh, this is brother Seth. I uh, want to welcome you to the show, brother. Is Ella show coming on tonight, or what's going on? I don't know. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you just fine. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm not certain. Um, and I have a lot of noise in the background, so I, I recommend that I sit tight until I can uh, hit one and let you know, like, when I can speak. Um, okay. Because I do have some things that I definitely want to state. Uh, I'm going to put the phone on mute for a moment. Uh, okay. And then I'm gonna well, do my favor and work that one, out. Okay. We're, we're, we're live and people are hearing us. I don't, I, y'all, I again, uh, everybody, y'all are hearing that was Brother John. He's going to, uh, the reason why, y'all are getting this all raw, okay? Okay, so Brother Elishua, uh hopefully he's coming back on for a part two. We talked about it on Thursday, and, and we and we literally do do these shows, and sometimes uh, uh, very seldom do we talk about what we're going to talk about on the show. So y'all are getting this all raw because, I mean, he was pretty upset. Uh, I guess he was upset, I don't know, uh, over the show on, on Monday when we went back and forth towards the end. But like I said, we're going to talk about this topic, Kanye. Jewish and black financial relationships, and uh, for sure, uh, uh, Kanye West uh, and this whole, uh, his accusation of the Jewish people controlling the media. There's a lot to say. We all have a lot to talk about, but we're trying to just respect this brother and give him first shot at it. Uh, But I will go back to the phone lines that open up the line. We have Pastor Alcee Chris all the way in Fort Worth, Texas, a pastor here locally, and this brother is uh, very, very busy about the Father's work. And I'm going to open up his line. Pastor Chris, your line is now open, brother. I want you to um, go ahead and address the people, say hello to the people, and let them know how to get a hold of you as we're waiting on uh, Brother Elishua. Thank you. Thank you, Seth and Brother John and Brother Elishua. I hope you get on. Uh, I enjoyed last week. Uh, I didn't say too much because Brother was just putting it down. Um you can reach me, you know, we broadcast on, uh, we do a Christian broadcast on Saturday. And, you know, I just wanted to tell Seth, you know, next time, can you please, I tried to say this last week, but I don't think it was heard. Make sure that you say Western Christianity because there are several types of Christianity. 
and we are Western Christians because of where we at. But, um, you know, when you say Christianity, most of us kind of think Western Christianity and all the Christian world is not like that. But if you, uh, I'm going to go back. So if you want to get in touch with me, um, I have a phone. I don't have the number yet, but I'll pass that out. And uh, I have a cell phone. Uh, Brother Seth has a number. If you want to contact me, you can contact Brother Seth and ask him. And, um, you know, we are we are a Christian congregation, but we don't we don't consider ourselves Western Christians. We consider ourselves Ethiopian Christians, Nile Valley Christians, you know, because they were the first Christians in the world long before Rome got a hold of Christianity. And, you know, my thing to our people is that, you know, the uh, Ethiopians, that's one of the oldest countries in the world, but they have never been conquered. And that's what I think we need to learn. What do they know about Christ that makes them so strong? You know, we won't get it with, I think, I don't think with Western Christianity, but if we go back and find our own traditions in Christianity, you know, Gnostic Christianity or Coptic Christianity, they're different types. Those are two different types, but they're Christian long before Rome became Christian. So at our church, we just try to go back and study, you know, how they looked at, you know, the the, the, the cosmos and God and, and, and Yeshua, you know. So that that's what we do. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Again, that's Pastor Alcy Chris of Fort Worth, Texas. Going back to the phone lines when this time we'll go up to Ohio and bring on another co-host, and that's Brother Purcell Porsche, who's been riding with us for some time. Purcell, um, go ahead and say hello to the people, brother. Um, welcome back. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Uh, good to be back. Thank you, Seth, for the for the opportunity to be on. Um, I appreciate what Five Smoke Stones is doing. We bring you greetings from Salt Life Ministries here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I'm Purcell Forche. Um, our mission. Is to bring the saltiness back to the believer through rightly dividing the word of truth and kingdom principles. It is an honor again to be on a Five Slow Stones Network. Um, always weighty topic. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, Seth is a great friend of mine, as well as uh, I've uh, grown to love all of our other co-hosts, um, LSU, Brother LSU is a good friend of mine also. Um, and I'm just excited about what God is doing on this network. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the uh, the Kanye West situation. I don't, I don't even know what he said. Um, I did go back and listen to the show for Monday. Um, so... I'm interested in uh, hearing hearing how it goes tonight, and uh, I will input where I can, and um, let's do it. I'm excited, man. I'm excited about this this Christ that we uh, that we are um, uh, talking about. I'm, I'm just excited, man. I'm just excited. I'm a little tongue tied, well, but I'm excited. Well, it may be uh, to, to our benefit 
and I'll play a little bit more of Kanye West in the background. This is We Are Not Afraid Anymore. Um, but, folks, listen, it's kind of good, actually, that some one of us actually don't know much about it because we want our feelings to be organic. Um, um, uh, just just one more time, I want to recap what happened on Monday. Ella Shure went for, like, uh, I went the first 15 minutes doing the like, intro like I did today. And uh, then we brought him on, and he went from about uh, 8.20 uh, for about five minutes, and then we played Kanye in his own words uh, talking about the Jewish media. I think we'll play that clip again here in a little bit. Uh, but this was Kanye in his own West, uh, on, on, excuse me, his own voice on, uh, in person uh, just denouncing a lot of what the Jewish people are doing, So those that say they're Jews anyway. Y'all know who we're talking about. And uh, so he accused them of controlling uh, the media, uh, controlling him, really trying to control him. And uh, and he talked about, uh, 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 to the interviewer, the person that was interviewing him, he let him know that he named out a bunch of different uh, uh, companies. And, I mean, Kanye must have named about 50 companies. And he said all of these companies were named by Jewish. And he showed the guy the phone where he had highlighted all these companies in red, in the color red. And so guess what? The phone was pretty much red. He was basically saying that, I, I think it was in the, I was sure it was somebody that was in the 90, 90% of these, um, of, of the, uh, the media is owned by the, 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 these, those that say they're Jews. So Kanye West just proved it right there on the spot with his phone, naming all these companies and then highlighting them in red. And that has made, that has made a lot, it has caused a lot of conversation throughout the earth, not just America. So, uh, 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 obviously, uh, uh, this, him being, uh, breaking ties away with the Jewish people, some people say he was fired by them, some people say he literally, uh, uh, behaved in a way that would cause them to reject him, to get out of the contract. We don't know, probably the most high know that. But we did have some very interesting angles to hear from uh, LSU, and I'm sure all of us have our angles and all of us have some feedback, and we're going to hear uh, from y'all tonight. What my job is is to bring the brother on and let him have the mic, because last week I it was told that when we went back and forth towards the end, I was not allowing him to get his thoughts out. But I figured I did the whole show, and so I was just trying to uh, uh, not – throw a blanket statement on all Christians because people are listening and they're babies, some of them, and some of them are not babies. And when you say throw out Christianity, uh, Pastor Chris, y'all heard Pastor Chris earlier, but I was saying Christianity. And Pastor Chris said, well, let's call it Western Christianity. But I was saying people are listening and they have a relationship with the Father. A lot of them are very, very serious. They don't waste time. Everybody's not seeking for a gossip, gossipy blog. Some people are really trying to hear the most high. And so I was just telling the show, you know, hey, man, uh, there are people that don't know nothing about what we're talking about. They're just serving the Father. And when you say leave Christianity, come out of Christianity, reject Christianity. Yeah. What did you say, Purcell? I said I'm one of them. You one of what? I don't know anything about, I don't know anything about that, the, the, the Western... Uh, the eastern, the western, the northern, the southern. I don't know anything about them, them Christians. I just know that I'm a, uh, I'm saved by grace through faith. And well, I do, let me do I this. Do a God, oh, oh, God love and God hate. 
It's that simple for me. Okay, let me do this out of respect because I told John I was going to give him five minutes. I'm going to come back to him. Let's go back to John and see if he had brother Elisha. If he had hey, brother hey, Elisha, hey, yes. Can you give Can you give me an opportunity to? Uh, um, I didn't hear anybody else on. I was I was away from my phone, but I want to give honor to all the other guests, and I wanted to give honor to the pastor that was on right before you brought me on. So I wanted to do that out of protocol, uh, for protocol's sake. Um, so yeah, that's all. That's all I wanted to do. I just want to honor everybody that's on. Okay. All right. Well, they heard you, and I'm sure they appreciate that. Uh, that was very uh, appreciate you doing that, brother. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines and see if LSU is available, brother John. Uh, you there? Yes, I am. Okay. You have brother LSU. What's going on? No, this is John. Okay. All Can right. You hear is me? he gonna? Yes, I hear you. Do you know if he's going to be coming on tonight? Okay. Yes, he will. He said that he will, if he's listening, and he was like, he'll be on just basically when everyone is, and is making their comments. I have okay. a comment, and it's all a right. great Make your comment First after of all. Your com- hold on, hold on, Brother John. After your comment, everybody will hear from LSU. Brother Seth will begin to watch the boys. I'll make my comments towards the end, and that'll be it. Brother John, go right ahead. Okay. Classic and Brother Purcell, good to hear from you again. I even heard your voice. Pastor Chris, it is absolutely good to hear your voice. I miss kicking it on our Friday evenings at the church. It's probably one of those like once a quarter or something. But <laughs> so that was uh that was chill. It it, it it troubled me. It troubled me that we are caught up in semantics. You can take the word Christian and you can just disregard it in its entirety. The fact is, is that a person is either regenerated, they are either a born-again believer by faith, or they're not. So it really doesn't make a difference whether it's Constantinian Christianity, West or East, whatever the case may be, a person can have all of those, quote-unquote, Christian uh uh, Christian types, if you are not born of water and born of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom. That's the words of the Messiah. And so if, if, when you say the word Christian, you should absolutely make a distinction because what L was talking about, well, LSU, I'm sorry, it means he kind of gets a little uptight about just simply saying L. We're talking about it. We're working our way through when you say Christian, if you are not making a distinction by saying a born-again believer, a new creation, the new creation, because there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians who have never, never been born again. They, they, they are not a new creation. That's the reason why L, as well as myself, you two said, I'm sure everyone can agree, the parable of the wheat and the tares, they look just alike. The born again believer, you can't, in, 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 with your natural eye, you don't know the difference between a born again believer and someone who's from the Coptic Church, or let's say from the Western Church, or, or Christian, or Western Christianity, or the, or the. It, it's like you have, you know them by their fruit. That's how That's you right. know them. And so, That's in good. Your, in your mind, I've always maintained. 
Unless you've ever been around a tree that bore fruit, you don't you can't entirely grasp that concept, that parable. When you are with a tree, when the tree has no buds on it, no leaves, it's wintertime or whatever the case may be, and you begin to see that tree blossom and bloom, the leaves come on, you watch the tree as it begins to produce the fruit. You see the fruit ripen. And as you all well know, you can grab a piece of fruit and it looks like it is perfect. You bite into it, it's rotten on the inside. Well, that doesn't mean that every apple on that tree, if you will, is rotten. But it, you, you take another one and it's perfect. You take another 50, they're perfect. You, you know that tree by its fruit, and now you can say that is a good tree because it bears good fruit. We cannot just keep throwing around the word Christian and and think that the, we're not we're not even communicating amongst ourselves. We can't expect the people who come on for one show or who didn't get this like thirty shows ago. We can't expect them to pick up on this. We have to make that distinction because that distinction is what allows us to communicate effectively. So I'm asking that if you are saying simply Christian, but you say something to the effect of Christianity, the culture, as opposed to the born-again. But let's make whatever distinction you want to make, because you should absolutely throw out Christianity if it's Constantinian Christianity, because that's a tear. You are not born again. You are not a follower of Christ, nor will the two ever meet. And that's really all I got to say. I'm going to mute my phone, and I'm going to listen to this for the rest of the night. Hopefully I stay up because I'm still trying to get back into the, the, the time frames here. But please make that distinction because it will stop a whole lot of headache. I'm done. Yeah. Okay, Brother John. Well, very well put, very well put. And I want to bring on Ella Shua now. I don't uh, because uh, because of what happened last show, I want to make sure this brother feel like he's heard. So, as Ella Shua come on, those of you that want to comment, uh, co-host I'm talking about, y'all just talk with Ella Shua. Just say, Ella Shua, I have a question or comment. He'll direct, okay? He'll moderate his own show. I'm just watching the boards, and I'm commenting at the end, y'all. Just want the brother to get his words in, all right? So a person I think he had a, something to say there, just hold that, hold that for a minute. Hold that thought just for a minute. Okay, uh, brother, I'll show you your line is open, area code 682452. I think that's you. Go ahead and say hello to the people. The show is in your hand. I think Purcell wanted to comment. Uh, you can let me know if you want me to play any of those clips that we already have. Go right here, brother. All right, shalom, everyone. Uh, good evening. Hope everyone is doing well. Blessed to the most high. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad to hear that for the most part, everyone is on the line, I think, for the exception of Sophia Eliana. Uh, and I definitely really, 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 really appreciate that. Brother Purcell, I missed you last week, and believe it or not, that literally <laughs> I almost determined whether I was going to be on the show tonight based upon whether you were going to come on. Uh, that's how highly I think of you, brother, and uh, want you to know I really appreciate you, and I really appreciate your candidacy and your honesty, because a lot of times when people don't know things, they will not acknowledge that they don't know. They will, yeah. you know, sometimes to put a face front and go along, and all that does is just lead to confusion, and the Lord knows that that's not what I'm about. Uh, Yahweh is not the author of confusion, but he can sure clear up 
but he can sure clear up some chaos. So with that said, Brother Purcell, before we proceed, uh, whatever comments or questions or uh, things that you wanted to uh, approach, please, by all means, do do so now. Um, I I simply was going to uh, say what Seth said. That was very eloquently put. Um, John is, is... Notorious for that, though he um, he just has a way with words that uh, makes it so simple and plain, and and I believe that's what the gospel is. The gospel is simple and it's and it's plain. Um, one of the things that is confusing for me as a believer is how we have come to the place where there is now so much confusion. Within the body of Christ um, And like I said He put that he put that thing together So sweet um, You can almost say Church is our preacher gone home You know um, Because that, that's simply it You know um, and, and it also Speaks to um, The fact that We hear often We are all God's children um, that is one of the furthest statements from the truth. Uh, we are not all God's children. We're all no, God's we're not. creation. Yeah, we are. We are all God's creation, but we are not all God's children. You know, and 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 it is important to make that distinction um, from from the born again believer. And that was a fantastic analogy with the apple tree. That's uh, actually a scripture that I reference a lot. Um, that they'll know you by the by the fruit that you bear, and um, oftentimes in the financial world we say the numbers don't lie. Well, in the in the in the life of believer, in the life of the believer or believers, uh, the fruit don't lie. Fruit don't lie, um, and the fruit is a very clear distinction. You know, um, one of the one of the scriptures that uh, I also reference often is because it's it's absent in the body of Christ, and that is that's the way that they'll know you by the love that you show one to another. We do more bickering and arguing and fussing amongst one another than we do. Uh, Loving on one another and showing uh, mercy toward one another, uh, allowing God's grace uh, to be sufficient in our lives. You know, so um, it's it, it, it's sad sometimes. You know, and it's disheartening as a believer to see um, how this this whole quote unquote Christianity movement. Um, is so scattered and so stagnant. I often say that sometimes it's embarrassing to to identify as a Christian. It's embarrassing sometimes because um, Christianity, as it were, has so many different faces, you know, and I I appreciate John for uh, making that plain. Lest you've been born of the water and spirit, 
you are not a follower of Christ. It's it's simple. It's really simple. Um, kingdom mindset uh, uh, follows kingdom rule. If God said it, that settles it. I don't have an opinion. My or if I do have an opinion, my opinion don't matter. So that's why it's so confusing for me that there's so much confusion when the scripture is clear. It's very clear. Mm. In in, mm. in in many it's very clear. Um so that's that's all I have. You know, I'll yield I'll okay. yield my mic. And uh, Okay. And now and I'll step from there and thank you, Purcell. Um let me just say at the onset that um in regards to that issue right there as far as the issue of Christianity because um last week or Monday rather, not last week, when we did the show, my intent was not to actually to address or to preoccupy uh the show with the issue of the authenticity the authenticity or lack thereof in regards to Christianity. Um, my mindset was all preoccupied with dealing with this issue of the relationships between black people and the Jewish community, not just in the present, but in the past, as well as to what we can foresee in the future. So that was my intent. And when I mentioned something in regards to Christianity, um, I think that sometimes there's almost like a paranoia there that is just though I'm trying to tear down that which I myself have built. Um, and I need to make some distinctions. And I don't want to consume the show with that particular issue. I want to move on to the, to the particular subject matter that we were discussing on, on Monday and conclude that matter. But right now I just think that it would be prudent to just take a few moments to get some clarity and understanding so that we don't have to continue to go back and revisit this issue. One of the things you have to understand that if you're in a class of an academic setting, <clears throat> when your professor says to be there on time and don't miss class, it's very imperative that you do that. For one, that you do not miss any vital information that is necessary and that you do not burden his job for him having to constantly, continually review the same thing over and over again. And professors in college settings do not even tolerate it for that particular purpose because they feel their time is too valuable and they have too many obligations to constantly start off the first 30 minutes of every class, and a class is 55 minutes long, to review what was done last week. And the professor has told us a number of times, you should have been here. So with that, I would say that there's many – constantly – mentions the issue that there are over 500 shows archived that can be archived on this broadcast, this Five Smooth Stones blog talk. And I can tell you that for the last three months that that has been a vital subject matter. And for those listeners who are just who, are, who have been tuning in, you followed it. So I'm pretty clear that by now that the nuances are pretty clear, that you understand that when I say the Christian church, I make a distinction between the body of Christ. 
understand this and make sure completely. Uh, it's like this is kind of getting frustrating to continue to go over the same thing. The body of Christ, where every joint supplies, those lively stones, that is the church. That facility that you go to on Sunday is just that. It's a facility. It does not constitute the church. It's a meeting. It's a gathering place. But what constitutes the church are those lively stones that, now, let's make a distinction real clear. When I say Christian Christianity, when I say Constantinian Christianity, I make no distinction between the West and the East. And the reason why is because the very theology that has infused Western theology has almost, has almost overwhelmed African theology. And that's why I come, you can go to Africa the blackest planet on the face of the earth. And what do you see? The largest statue ever created of a white Jesus. That gives you some indication of the Christianity that they practice because that is a reflection of their mindset. And if that is not a clear indication and manifestation of white supremacy, I have no idea what could. And that's what I see that in that regard. But in order to clear this, Let's go back to the scriptures, and then we're going to jump into a little discussion of this and get back on to previously scheduled programming, which was Monday's program, dealing with the issue, the relationship between the blacks and the Jews. And I ask you all to follow me because literally, uh, Purcell, you just said something that literally was literally at the forefront of my spirit and the point that I wanted to bring out in regards to the offense of Christianity. I just said a Christianity. I didn't say the church. I said the offense of Christianity. And by now, if you haven't been listening, I'll break it down real simple. The church, the body of Christ, the ecclesia of Yahweh HaMashiach, whom people in the West refer to as Jesus the Christ, was an extension of the ministry of Yahweh That first century as the way, if you read in the chapter that so many Christians go to in order to somehow validate this claim called Christianity, they read a scripture where it says that it was in Antioch that they were first called Christians. Very, very vital, important point there. They were first called Christians. Implying they didn't assume that identity. They were called that identity. Now, if you go back and if you read any commentary on this particular passage, it's about an 89% consensus that this was used as a term of mockery and because it was also in reference to a previous group, the disciples of Serapis, an Egyptian cult that had found its way there in Judea, in Antioch, or rather not in Judea, but in Antioch to be specific. And it says that they were called Christians. In the same passage where King Agrippa is in a confrontation with the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul is appealing before King Agrippa because he is accused of heresy, and as a result, and even sedition, the same thing they accused Yahweh, the Messiah of. And so, therefore, Paul, because he is a Roman citizen, even though he is an Israelite from a Greek province, 
but because he is a born in a Roman province, therefore he has a right to claim Roman citizens, but that is not his ethnicity. And he makes that very clear, and I think it's the 10th or the 11th chapter of Romans when he says, I am an Israelite born of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. And he goes on to lay out his pedigree, and not one time does he mention the word Christian. Now, my insistence on making a distinction between the two is because Christianity has now a lot of offense tied to it. And one of the most vital commandments of the ten is, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God, Yahweh thy Elohim, Yahweh thy Elohim, in vain. That doesn't mean to curse and say, God damn. That is not taking the Lord's name in vain. To take the Lord's name in vain is when you misrepresent him, his word, his son, or his kingdom. You are then taking the name of God in vain. And if you do it and you know the truth and you do otherwise, it's called holding the truth. It's Romans chapter 1, Paul makes a reference to this. You are holding the truth and unrighteousness. Now, now let's get to the bread. Matthew 13, 24, and if there's anyone whom, I mean, those people who are at home who are listening, who are tuning in in via the Internet or listening on their phone, I would graciously ask that you follow me in the Scripture so that you don't think that I have inserted anything in this. I really want you to hear the word of the most powerless. And then I will provide the background. We have a few little bit. 15 minutes of discussion on this, and we'll move on to the second hour, dealing with the issue of the relationship between blacks and Jews. Matthew chapter 13, 24, and please listen terrible to the wording. Another parable put forth unto them, saying, this is speaking of the Messiah, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man who, which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was strung up, now remember it said, while men slept, the word, if you look it up in the Greek, it's an indication they were dead. And then somebody followed along behind them after their death, and they sowed tares among the wheat. But it says, but when the blade was strung up and brought forth fruit, and then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the household came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? Oh, my goodness, I can't believe that. My screen just went off. Let me sign back in. Take me 10 seconds. The enemy is alive. And that's something, too, I would ask everybody who is listening to this show and who's especially the ones who tune in, please pray for this show and please pray for us because we're dealing with some very vital issues, some very serious issues. We are literally in the enemy's face, advancing into satanic, into Satan's camp. And we cannot expect to do this without any throwback from the enemy. Satan will take the little bit of thing that makes contention and strife and discord because he don't want you exposing him. That's literally what's going on right now in the media with Kyrie and Ye and this issue of from Hebrews to Negroes. The reason why come there's so much conflict going on is because the enemy is afraid of being exposed. And I have learned through history, I have learned through my personal relationship with the Most High, that if you're going to be going toe-to-toe with the enemy, you better be prayed up. 
That's right. You better be prayed up. I look at the ravages of my life that have been manifest over a course of years that whenever I begin to deal with something that the enemy has concealed for a long period of time and that exposure results in the, in the deliverance of men and women, I already expect it. It's coming because he ain't no punk. You ain't going to push him and hit him and expect him to fold. You better get ready to stand your ground. So I ask you all that, you know, a lot of people, because a lot of people are in this stuff just for knowledge sake, and they're not really into the word and allow the word to transform them and, and conform them into the full image of your Shot of the Messiah. They just want to be in the know. They want to be conscious. And I, for one, that is not why I do this. I could care less about anybody and their issue of being conscious. I would rather you be spiritually informed for thereby you can grow. So picking up, I'm back on that. So the servants of the household said, sir, this not in so good fields. Whence comes the tares, verse 28. He said unto them, an enemy hath done this. An enemy has done this. He didn't say this, an enemy, the enemy. He said an enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, would I then then go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest by you gather up the tares, you also eat with them. Let both grow until the harvest, until the harvest, until the time of maturity, until the harvest, until the last days. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, the messengers, gather ye together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them but gather the wheat into my barn. Okay. That's the parable. Now, let's see what, what Christ is, Yahweh's interpretation of that parable was, because he gave an interpretation. He spoke to the crowd some parables, and he said that forever learning, hearing, they may learn. You have to understand that there are, that, that there are Israelites, who have basically the Most High has given over even to a reprobate mind. The scripture says that he has blinded them. So when we get to truth, we have to know that we're in a blessed position that the Most High has taken and start fit to reveal this to them. Okay, verse, uh, I'm trying to get here to the, to the, okay. Let's start verse 45. Uh, verse 30, 47. It says again, the kingdom of heaven is. Oh, God. That's not it. I wasn't intending to lay this out, so I'm really kind of like trying to find my way. And there's a passage in the scripture where after Christ has given, the Messiah has given this parable, they ask him to. Um, let me try to make this in the, over the next chapter. They ask him to interpret the, the, the passage. And ironically, I'm looking at my script, and I just read the past of it. Where are we at, uh, Matthew 13? We're in Matthew chapter 13, and the particular passage yeah. that I'm looking for um, is the interpretation of the of – the, here we go. I found it. Verse 36. Then Yahweh sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man, Yahweh shot. 
Jesus the Christ. The field is the world. Good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be at the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, that word is synonymous, the root word messages, and they shall gather out of his kingdom. This is the, this is the whole scripture I wanted to get to right here. Because this is the reason for the confusion, Perfell. This is the reason for the conflict. This is the reason why come you can see some people who are totally committed to the Most High. There are people who have lived their life once they gave their life to the Most High, and they never turned back. And you can see those people. Usually those people are poor. I, I got to break this thing down. And they're, they're either, sometimes they're oppressed. They're marginalized. Just like Christ says that he hung out with public and sinners. There are so many millions of black people who had Christianity forced upon them when we came here as slaves. But in that Christianity, many of them found the real truth, the way, the truth, the light. No man coming to the Father except through him. And they have lived and died and lived their life in honor to the Most High. But now we're at the end time. We're at the end game. And what was applicable and appropriate for 200, 300 years ago is not applicable or appropriate for what the Most High is doing today. All things that have been hidden are now being revealed. What has been done in the dark is now being exposed in the light. And sometimes it happens in a matter of hours, not years anymore, when a different time and now because time of harvest also has the synonymous word with maturity, it means it's time to grow up. It means the time to grow up that we have a mature church. And just like it is the foxes on the vine, what did the Most High said do? Yahweh said, he said, I have to prune the vine. And we're in the prune process. And for a lot of believers, it's not comfortable. And a lot, for a lot of them, the reason why I come is not uncomfortable because they have been woken up to the fact that a lot of what they've been told and a lot of what they've come to understand is not consistent with the word of the Most High, but it's very consistent with Western culture and Christianity. And my only intent into objective is that you cannot come into the light until you come out of darkness. And the reason why tonight, because I was very, and I have to be clear about it, taken aback by last week, by, by Monday's show, because I do not come on these shows to be contentious. I come on these shows to give clarity and understanding. That is my purpose and reason for existence on planet Earth. That is my calling, and I don't take it lightly. And so I was kind of taken aback by that. But Seth said something last night, I mean Monday, and I have not lost this. I have been literally thinking about this for the last three days. It was a comment that he made, and whether he meant that comment in full sincerity and the incapacity of it, I cannot tell you that I really don't think he did, but I, but I am not uh, going to take the presumption of thinking for him. He is on the air when I finish. If he wants to speak to it, he has every right to do so, so I'm not going to take that, presum- that presumption. But he said 
that if I leave the church, I lose my salvation. And when I heard that, throughout the night and the next day, it made me think, do people have this type of stranglehold to an institution, to a building, and into a culture that if they think they come out of it, they are walking away from the Father. That is extremely serious. And my response to that when it was said is that that's a form of witchcraft because you're using fear, intimidation, and manipulation to make people conform to something that's being imposed upon them. And I am a theologian, and I am going to tell you that that is not a true statement. Brother Elishua. Yes, sir. I need you to tell them what I said when you said that. When you no, said actually, that, actually, I can't even remember. And you okay, let, let me. Let me. I cannot even remember. I, I said I wanted to come to the very end, but just because you made a statement that uh, um, I don't know what that is, y'all. Hold on, hold on, y'all. I don't know what that is, everybody. Hold on a second. Hello, everybody. Brother John, that's your line. <laughs> well, that was Brother John's like, line. <laughs> that's funny. I like that brother, listen, John. I like but that But listen, brother. really quickly, in less than 15 seconds, when I said when you leave the church, you lose your salvation, what I meant was the average person, if you say, they say, I've joined the church, what they mean is they're talking about Christ. They're not theologians. They're talking about, you know, what their grandmama told them. Baby, you know, go, I know that we're not the church. It's a building. I understand that. And so what I was saying to some people to leave the church when LSU was saying come out, I was saying to leave the church to them means, yeah, that would be like losing their salvation. Even if you say to somebody, hey, I heard you left the church, oftentimes they mean, I don't want to have nothing to do with Jesus, to cry all them devils. And they mean everything. They doubt my God, they be mad at God most of the time. That's what they mean. That's all I was saying. But in terms of the true church, again, y'all understand, should understand what I'm saying. I was going on the fact that's of what true. some people define as the church. Go ahead, Brother Elisha. Yeah, and in that regard, as I said, and I said, as I said at the beginning, is that there's no way somebody could hear me say you should not be a part of the Christian church and conclude that that means to, to, to sever your relationship with Christ and with the Father. I'm going to be so bold to say that if you heard me say that and if you concluded anything I said that, the fact that I'm sitting here and 80, 99% of the time I'm on the show, I'm basically speaking to you nothing but the word of the most high. I back up everything I say by scripture. For you to come to that conclusion, I mean, not saying you said, but for somebody to come to the conclusion that I'm telling you to walk away from your relationship with the Father or with Christ because I tell you to exit Christianity, something that holds you in dark and that prevents you from seeing the light, you better go back to first grade. And I ain't trying to be insulted. Because 90% of my conversation on this show is consumed with 
the Most High. It's related to the Most High. It's oriented in Scripture. So there's no way anybody could hear me to any considerable length of time and conclude that if I tell you to leave Christianity, I'm telling you to end your relationship with the Father. Nothing, absolutely nothing on this planet could be further from the truth because that is not the case. But now let's read this last scripture. It says, and it says, the Son of Man should send forth his messengers, his angels, and they should gather up his, out of his kingdom. For sale, it's in the kingdom. And Christ never preached. Matter of fact, when we're talking about this issue of the church, Christ only talked about this one time. It's in, a, it's in a conversation he was having with Peter. And he told Peter the importance of feeding his sheep and feeding his church. And he ta- made a point about what his ecclesia was to be and what to stand for. But all of the other times, just like the scriptures that we're reading now, the parables, these are called kingdom parables. Christ went forth after his temptation. In the wilderness, he went forth from that time forth, and he began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He only taught salvation in all of the four Gospels one time to a man who came to him secretly at night named Nicodemus, which goes to the point that what John was saying, and Nicodemus wanted to know, how can I enter into this kingdom that you speak of? This kingdom that the prophet Daniel spoke of that said that there would be the stone that would crush all other stones. How can I be a part of this? Well, the, the Messiah gave him the same responses that people would tell you if you went to the United States Embassy and asked them what is the first prior, the primary reason I can become a citizen of the United States of America, and they would tell you you have to be born in it. You must be born again, not of the water, but of the spirit. You must be born again. Remember, for every human being who is born again and who goes through that process, you encounter two births in life. You a natural birth, and that's called of the water. For nine months, you are held in a in a sack of ebonic fluid, which which preserves your body. That's being born of the water. That's the natural birth. And then, then Christ said, "You must." Be, he said, "You must be born of the Spirit." That is a birth that is initiated by the Holy Spirit, the Ruach Kadesh, the Holy Ghost. And many times that happens after a person has been converted and their thought process, they've been renewed to the truth. And once they've been converted, which comes from the word being convinced, they are now ready to receive. So that makes a distinction there. But when we're talking about, and I just go back to the scripture, the Son of Man shall send forth in verse 42. And he shall cast them into furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and national teeth. And then this here. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of the Father. He who have ears to hear, let him hear. Now, this is what I'm going to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to put the proof in the pudding, and the, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, John said you should know them about the fruit that they bear. Ah, this brings it to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun and the kingdom, not the S-O-N, but as the sun that lighteth the day in the kingdom of the Father who have ears to hear, let him hear. Do you understand what Yahweh Shot is saying? He's saying that when you come out of this system, then you will open, be open to the light of truth because from the truth, the sun sets free is truth. And it says, now I am the way, the truth, and the light. 
and you will begin to see things for what they really are. And it is amazing that people who hold to the Christian doctrine are some of the most unconscious people on the planet when it comes to the issues that we're dealing with on a daily basis. And that's why I say they have a culture of religion that is so far irrelevant to the world that we live in, and because of that, they're not able to impact the world that we live in. Now, when I talk about the body of Christ, the church, I am talking about something that was born of the Spirit. It says that when he led captivity, captive, he gave gifts unto man, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and teacher. Why did he do for the perfecting of the saints, the maturing of the saints? And what did he need them to mature for? So that they could do the work of the ministry on the day of Pentecost. So go you and tarry into Jerusalem and stay there until you have been. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be endued with power to be witnesses to Judea, to Samaria, and to the othermost part of the earth. Most Christians spend their time fellowshipping among themselves within their own culture. They ever do anything to attack outside of that bound. But I'm not talking about the church. So please know that. But here's the thing. Why is it he said that the righteous shall shine forth as the, in the sun in the kingdom? Why is it when people come out of Christianity, they get deep? Oh, come on now, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Why is it that the people on this mind know light years more about the Father, about the kingdom, and about the word than those people that left behind in the Christian church. And that means you too, Seth. Because even though you attend the church, there's very little that's been taught in that church that is consistent with the level and degrees of what you know. Because only then when you come out from up under that deception can you now receive the truth and purity. And as a result, Shine Brother Elishua, right. can you repeat your comment time. you made to me just then? I was checking the lines. You said, uh, you no. two brothers, that, that I was just checking. Uh, heard a little, I had to talk with somebody. Go ahead. No, I, what I was saying, what I was saying is that why is it? Because of, because it's in the fruit. You should know them by the fruit. That most of the people who have relationship with the Father, who are born again, spirit-filled, who have come out of the apparatus of the Christian church, why is it that the information, the knowledge that they have, the understanding of the truth is light years beyond those people in the church, in Christianity? Let me say it again so y'all won't get offended in the Christian church. Why is it our information? Because of what this scripture says, Matthew 13, chapter, verse, Matthew chapter 13, verse 43. It says that after these things that are sin are taken out of the kingdom and we've come out of that darkness, it says, only then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in, in the kingdom of their father. The reason why come the Christian church is no longer effective in impacting the culture into the society that we live in, it's real simple. Because it is an apparatus of this white supremacist culture. It was never meant to deliver people, only to keep them in bondage and to keep them in submission. And again, I'm talking about Christianity and not the church. I'll say that a thousand times if that's what it takes for people to understand when I'm making the distinction. Christianity is a religion, a religion started by white people for the purpose of oppressing and controlling people of color and minorities and anyone that they saw as an adversary. 
When Constantine decided to unify the religion, he knew that the most vital element that was at his disposal was Christianity. And that's why we have the Council of Nicaea, because he wanted them to all be in agreement. To all have one voice, and that's where we get the Nicene Creed. At that point, they determined what it means to be a Christian. And if any of you all actually read that Nicene Creed, you would differ with it and say, according to this, and this is the foundational doctrines and origins of Christianity as a religion, I ain't no Christian. They got me messed up. Because that doctrine is consistent with Catholic doctrine, who were the founders of Christianity. Not in the Western world. People believe, think that Christianity started in the Western world. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <clears throat> and as a matter of fact, and, and sometimes, like I say, when they go back and they retroactively apply these titles, that's called revisionary history. That's called going back and rewriting the history for a contemporary artist, and you're writing that history according to your vision and not according to the actual events and things that took place in history. So whenever a, a conquering nation has now taken authority, power over another nation, if in history they were subject to that nation, they go back and rewrite the history, just as America has done, and regarding their history. Just like now we can transcend it to the other thing, just like what's happening with the Jews. They have rewrote the history, and they have sold you a narrative that most people have believed. Most people believe that Hitler put... Six million Jews in ovens because he didn't like them. That's only part of the story. And the American media is masters at only taking part of the story. And they do that because they want to form and control the narrative. They don't tell you that literally the leaders of the Jewish people betrayed the German government who had given them haven for like the last 30, 40 years when previously they had been kicked out of every country that they had been to, Poland, Russia. These people were kicked out of Poland and Russia. They didn't leave voluntarily. That should tell you something in and of about in itself about who they are and what they're about. They did not leave voluntarily. They were kicked out, and they found a home in Germany, and they were able to flourish, and they were able to acquire and build massive amounts of wealth. That's the type Jesus. of carte blanche, carte blanche treatment that the Germans gave them. And then when the Germans had decisively won the war in First World War I, what, what happened was literally because the Jews knew that we're going to be devastated. And the only way that we can have longevity within this culture and in the world is we have to tell the world that we're the children of Israel when they knew damn well they weren't. And the greatest way to claim that is to claim what's so-called the promised land. So they went behind Germany's back. They went behind the people that they were supposed to be leading, the Jews who burnt up in the ovens. If anybody should be blamed for that atrocity, it should be their own people because their own people betrayed them when they went to the U.S. and enlisted the United States government to get engaged in the war when Hitler had agreed to a ceasefire as is was prior to combat which that means that whatever lands you had prior before we entered into this war, even though I might have conquered your land, by the law that we are about to come into agreement with, I have to give that land back. So there is no law other than the most vital asset, and that's mine. So when the Jews betrayed them, what happened is when Hitler got wind of it, he went into action. And those people, most of them who were innocent, 
They died for the treason of the leaders. That's the true story, people. That is the real deal. Check out the history. Check out the the events surrounding a a document called the Velfry Declaration. And once they got that land, we got on the word Christians last on Monday. It was Western Christians, as Pastor, Pastor Chris says, and a thing called Zionism that resulted in displacing Palestinians and other people who were there in the land of Palestine, as it was named then. And what they did is they displaced some people and brought them people and gave them people a homeland. And that homeland gave them legitimacy to say, we are the Jews. When they all know, according to the history, because they tell the story to the children's children, they all know they are descendants of proselytes. They have not one drop of Israelite Hebrew blood in them, especially the Ashkenazi. They are descendants of proselytes. Proselyte is one who is converted to the religion of Judaism. And there's an indisputable fact. We're open for questions, discussion. Hello? Am I still on the line? Did I get yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anybody, questions, comments at this time, please come forth. Please bring it forth. And that includes Seth as well. Any questions, comments? <clears throat> So not you know, again, Ellis, we'll go ahead and play sure, I have a comment. I want to ask you a question so you can maybe get a little deeper into this. Okay. You you kind of indirectly said that um, Christianity and Judaism did not form in Europe. It was formed either in the East, maybe in Babylon, or, or in Africa. East Africa or okay. Africa, too. Can you, can you explain right. on that? Yes, sir. Okay, this way. Matter of fact, let's go from the scriptures. There's an incident in the book of Acts where an Ethiopian eunuch encounters a disciple by the name of Philip. Um, Philip begins, to, the, the, he notices that the eunuch is reading from a book. The book that he is reading from is the Torah. And the eunuch actually asks Philip, for understanding and insight on the book, and he begins to talk with him. And the tradition is is that as a result of that relationship, what they now call Christianity in hindsight was taken to Ethiopia by that Ethiopian uh, unit. Unit. And and that's how the Ethiopia supposedly has gotten the truth. Now, I think that there's a lot of validity to that. My only concern with it is that they said that that's how they got Christianity. Well, actually, if you look back in the first two, three hundred years of that church, it was not called the Ethiopian Christian Coptic Church. It was called the Ethiopian Coptic Church. Yes, sir. The, the title Christianity came later, but it was called the Coptic Church. Now, yes, as sir. Pastor Chris has stated, and I come in absolutely 100 agreement, and I have scholarship to back this, back this with, is that truly the first established church as an institution, as a vital institution within the community after the new covenant dispensation was the Ethiopian Coptic Church. 
It was not the Jerusalem church. It was the Ethiopian Coptic church. And during the diaspora, when we were pushed out of Africa, out of the destruction of the temple that began in 70 AD, we went from, a, from, from, from Israel proper, and we went on a southerly course into North Africa. Well, when you go into there to North Africa, because we were the ones who were taking it, we took the troops with us. And as Pastor Christa stated, the first Christian communities, as they want to call it, but the first communities that was embraced by the ministry of Yahawashat, the way, the truth and the light, some of the strongest and the most vital were in North and, were North and Central Africa. But this is the thing, though. We didn't practice what these people practice in the West. We practice what John Clark practices. We practice what Yeshua Ellison practices. We practice what Sir Turner practices. We practice what Pastor Chris practices. We practice messy. We are messianic. We are people of the, of, of the blood and from the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Our people were lost in darkness because they were in rebellion. We found our way in this country, and somehow we came to know Yahawashat HaMashiach as our Savior. That did not change our ethnicity, neither did it change our biblical spiritual pedigree. So what we came is we became Messianic Israelites. And that's why Paul never identified himself as a Christian, because Paul understood this is nothing new. This is not a new religion. This is a messianic extension of that which the fathers have decreed in the ages of Scripture, in the Chronicles of Fire. There's nothing new about this. But what happened is that when the historians got a hold to it, because they wanted to paint the world in the Western worldview, they went back in their revisionary thing, and they began to label those communities in Africa as Christian communities. They labeled the Coptic, Ethiopian Coptic Church as the old Ethiopian Christian Coptic Church. And I would venture, I would challenge anyone, go back, look at the earliest documents, look at the earliest artifacts. Matter of fact, go to Ethiopia itself. And if you get, and if you get audience to go into the church, look at what's on the walls. Look at the oldest, ancient artifacts. You're not going to find the word Christian nowhere. Anything you find that says Christian was put there after 500 of the Christian era, not prior to. But remember, that church has existed since the first century of this era. Pastor Chris? I do not disagree, El Yeshua. The Holy Spirit has moved on you. Well, so if you would. <laughs> I uh, have a quick question. Uh, uh, Please do. Uh, uh, I want you, if you if you can, to just name the difference in what you believe or what the Father showed you, I should say, between the early church Christianity or early church expression of faith and today's church expression of faith. What is the difference? Because sometimes we say Christianity uh, versus the body of Christ or whatever, and people say, well, what's the difference? I know people are thinking that, and that's a... I'm not moderating, but I know people are thinking that. So if you get a chance, say, for instance, they did this then. We do this now. They did this then. If you can name about 30 things, that'd be wonderful. And Pastor Chris, if you think of some, uh, John, your line is open. If you think of some, anybody think of some, throw it in there. Now, they weren't perfect, 
that early church wasn't perfect, but they just did things different. I would like to for for the people to hear the difference, so they'll understand why is it important to be talking about this this. Uh, that's that's the question I have for you. I just want to remind okay. everybody to the Five Smooth Stone Network. Um, Brother Seth um, uh, Ella Shua is hosting the sh- is uh, hosting the show tonight. I'm just working the boards. We have on the line Purcell Porsche in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, Brother Alcy Chris in Fort Worth. Brother John Clark also in Fort Worth. And Ella Shua, like I say, is hosting these, uh, sharing some things. We're all listening and chiming in as he allow. Uh, those of you on the phone lines, if you have any questions or comment, please press 1. He'll bring you on. If you listen to the show and you did not call the phone number, you listen on your computer, now would be a good time to call the show because, remember, at 10 o'clock you're going to be cut off. Anybody listening on the computer is going to be cut off at 10, even if we roll over, which we may roll over a few minutes, not much. Um, but uh, if we do roll over past 10, you won't be able to hear, so it's probably best to call the phone number if you want to keep listening. It is your only option to call the phone number. Otherwise, you got to wish the show is over. Um, that's it. I'm out. Uh, that's the only question I have, brother. Oh, I will say this. When you was talking about the Jewish uh, thing about I, I, I was listening very close, and I don't know if you tied it in uh, uh, that the Jewish people, he's right, absolutely right. Germany won. They went to Germany, I mean, uh, Germany won, and they went to Britain and say, hey, you don't have to lose this war. We can get America in. We get America in, you can win, but you got to promise us. When he said that Balfour Doctrine, that's what that was all about, the promise that you would give us Palestine if y'all win the war, if the war is won. So you may want to hit that a little bit. I think you did a good job on that. I just want to tie that in. That's what the Balfour Doctrine was all about. You promise us, we, if you get victory, you have to give us Palestine. So that's what it was. It wasn't about the God most high doing nothing to give them that land in 1948. Go ahead, Elishua. Um, okay, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, and with that, um, there's a lot of uh, things. I'm going to name a few because I really want to get into what you just said. And I really feel that, that, that the shift is changing that way. And that is that there are a number of things that they did. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it was ironic when you said not perfect. I remember sitting in a classroom, and the subject of the class, the name of the class is church history. I think this is probably my second volume, went to the second semester, so we're in the second portion of it. And I remember that we are literally studying the book of Acts from an academic setting, uh, seminary approach, um, theological approach. And as a result, the professor who had aspirations of being a Catholic priest but for some various reason, he had become a Catholic priest. So he became a professor of theology at Oral Roberts University. Very sharp brother, very sharp man. And one time we asked him a question regarding the early church, the church. And he said, well, we have to question ourselves, which church was actually the fully matured church? The church in the book of Acts or the church of the third century? As I look back in retrospect, I am of the belief that he felt the church in the third century was the perfect church, that that was the church we had come to completeness and fullness. And, of course, I am absolutely disagreeing with that because that was a whole different church. The church in the first century, a lot of things that we do now, we did, they didn't do. They did, not, they did not take up tithes. When Paul was looking, was taking up uh, offerings for the poor, it was just that. He took up offerings for the poor.
Because if they took up tithes in those synagogues, they would have been in violation of the temple law. Because remember, the temple was still standing. And the tithes went to the temple, which, uh, which went to the Levites, which, which went to the, for the care of the temple. They understood that even within those individual congregations, the synagogues, that they did not have a claim to the tithe. And you would have probably been really, you know, stoned to blasphemy, you know, if you'd have stood up and say, okay, let's take tithes. No, you don't take tithes unless those tithes are going to the temple. And that was the purpose. That's one thing they didn't do. They did not meet on a Sunday, which Christians insist that they did. That is a straight-up lie. Because they use that word, the Lord's Day, giving a reference to the resurrection of the Messiah. But they did not meet. If you read Paul, if you read the book of Acts, it says, and even the Messiah, that was their custom to do what? To go into the synagogue on the Sabbath. So they did not meet on Sunday. And remember when I'm doing this, please have in the backdrop of your thoughts taking the name of God in vain. Because the law is what the, the Most High has declared and decreed. Almost everything else is men's uh, opinions, their commentary, and their tradition. That's why the scripture says that if they speak contrary to the Torah, do not hear them. And that's why come they were always trying to catch Christ, catch him fouling up on the Torah. So there's a number of other things that we can go in and we can list those things, and maybe we should do a show totally committed to that so that people can take the distinction. But what Seth just said about the bell flower, then I will say, if you would, could you cue that tape by Farrakhan? That'll be the only one that we're going to listen to. And that is this, is that uh, when they made that agreement, and Seth is absolutely right, and they said that you would have to promise us that you would give us Palestine as our homeland. And so he said, because in the reason why come them making that proposition and they had the, the weight to carry it, is because what people are not aware of, as it was then, as it is today, most people who are so-called, quote-unquote, Jewish do not live in Israel. They live in America. They live in Europe. They do not live in the promised land, which lets you know that the only people who actually migrated to the promised land are those people who were considered to be religious bigots. I mean, not religious bigots, but religious zealots, because they felt that they had been convinced by the deceptive leaders that that was that, that they are the children of Israel and that they had a right to that land. But the new younger people, the generation, they have looked at the book and they said that Zionist, the Zionism, uh, that, 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 that Israel or Palestine does not equal Zionism. That doesn't mean that you people who are claiming to be Jewish have some special right to this land because you're not the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the ones who are telling you this are your children. So what's going on is we're in the midst of a shakeup. So the response that you see from the Jewish community in regard to Kyrie and in regard to Kanye is because they are now acting in paranoia and desperation because if this information continues, to, 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 to snowball, eventually we're going to find ourselves sitting down in some rooms having a discussion about the identity of authentic jury. And that's a conversation they do not want to have because they know that's a losing battle. And, and like they have had all these years to reinforce, but guess what? There's a lot of us that's been in the trenches and we've been studying and we've been researching. The first question I had to Yahweh, to Yahweh, 
when I began to delve on this issue of are we the authentic Jews, and Seth used to talk about it, and I remember at 13 or 14, I, I came to a conclusion that we had to be some different people on the planet. I had, I came to, to literally, I asked myself, are we God's chosen people? Why do we go through so much hell? I'm like 13 or 14 and having these thoughts. But when I became a man and I really began to get to some serious thought and consideration and studying and researching, the biggest opposition to me embracing the fact that we could be Israel, if I'm Israel, who are the white people over there in, in, in Israel? Who are the, who are, if I'm an Israelite, who are the white people over there in the land of Israel? And oh, hallelujah, he went there. He went there. When I say he went there, that people, when you search for the truth, and if you really seek, as he said, if you, when you seek for me and search for me for your whole heart, then you find me. I cannot tell you the people that came across my path, the people that start showing me things, that opening things up to me. And one of the first things I realized that those people in the Bible, when the Messiah was talking about the things that were going to befall Israel and take place after his, at the point when he died and what was going to happen the years after, when he talked about how the temple was going to be destroyed, he said this. He said, you shall be taken captive unto all nations to the four corners of the earth. He's speaking to his people, Israel, the people he came to. So when these Israelites say that the, that the Yahweh, that Yahweh shot, that Jesus came to Israel, he didn't come to Gentiles or come to the world, they're absolutely right. But what happened is that when Israel rejected him, then he said, I have other sheep that are not of this soul, and I must also call them in too. And then he was speaking of the Gentiles. But his initial coming was basically to call out Israel. And that's what he came for. And so as a result, he said this. He said that when I, he said that um, you will be taken captive, and guess what? Jerusalem shall be trodden down, which means ruled and governed by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles conclude. What that means, and it says clearly, we cannot argue the fact. But that means if the Gentiles are still ruling, that America is still the most powerful military might on the planet, that the European and America are still the wealthiest nations in the world, then guess what? That means the Gentiles are still ruling. And that means that if Christ has not come for his second coming, the Gentiles are still ruling. So by way of default, Brother Purcell, does that not mean that Gentiles are still ruling Israel, according to the scripture, Brother John, Brother Chris. <laughs> Why you I'm that? here, yeah, Yeshua. Yeah, yeah. I'm Reverend so Chris. What I'm, so what I, the question I was pointing, I was asking the audience, and I gave it to you, is to say that if Yahweh said that Gentiles should rule Jerusalem and rule Israel until the time of the Gentiles fulfilled, and according uh-huh. to the scripture and prophecy, we know that the Gentile fulfilled concludes when the Most High, when the, when the Messiah cracks the sky and returns. That's I agree with that. I so agree if with that's that. the case, then that means that according to his own prophecy in Luke chapter 19, 21, when he said mm-hmm. that Jerusalem should be trodden down by the Gentiles, that means that the people who still rule in that land are Gentiles, right or, right or not? You're right. Exactly. And I second the motion. So that means. Yeah, so, right. Second emotion. Thank you, Seth. So that means that the people who call themselves Jews can't be Israelites. Because if they're saying they're Israelites, they're literally calling the Messiah a lie. 
Okay, so play the tape, and then we'll just have a discussion for the rest of the show. Please. Wow. A lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. I appreciate you sharing that and bringing that forth, brother. That that was really something. All right, let me get this tape up with Farrakhan. Listen to me good. You can't fault any race for looking out for themselves. That's the nature in which God created human beings. You can't fault Jews for looking out for Jews. And you can't fault Italians and Irish people and Greeks and Polish people for looking out for themselves. You can't fault an African for looking out for himself. That's the nature of things. But if I'm going to look out for myself and then crush you in the name of looking out for myself, then I have become a demon. I have become an enemy, an opposer, an opponent of the natural rights of human beings. Now, Caucasian people, see, you are more than a racist. Because in your desire to exalt white above all the human family of the earth, you have deprived the human family of the natural right of a human being of freedom, justice, equality, truth, and self-determination. You are wrong, and somebody needs to point it out. Am I lying or am I telling the truth? I would never try to exalt you by tearing down Jews. That is silly. The Jewish people are some of the most intelligent people on the earth. And they are some of the most productive people on earth. No one can take that from them and who should try but when we say that Jews had a role in our enslavement either it's the truth or a lie. Now they're saying, well, it was marginal. It was only 2%. But yesterday you didn't have no role. But we've researched your history. We've researched it. We didn't research it from some anti-Semitic writings. These are the writings of your rabbis, your scholars, and your historians. Now, if we are lying, we're lying after your own historians. Look at what the Quran says. In that day, you will see every nation kneeling down before their book. 
You wrote your history. It's your history. You wrote it. And now we are researching what you write. That's right. And the sad thing about it is many Jews don't know this. Many young Jews are shocked. They don't believe that. And that's why I challenge you to get the book, look up all the quotes, it's very well documented, then go to your public library and get the main book out of which these quotes come and see the context of it. And if we're liars, then bring us before the world and condemn us as liars. But don't talk lies when you know you know that your people had a hand in the destruction of millions of black people. That truth hurts. But it's got to be told. Yes, sir. You say, but why dig into the past? Why don't you let the past go? Why don't you let it go? You are an intelligent human being. And you know that if you're not mindful of history, it will repeat itself. And that's why as a Jew, you say never again. That's right. I'm with you on that. No, I am. I wouldn't want to see Jews go in an oven again. No, sir. Would you? No, sir. No, I don't want that for you. I don't want that for myself. I'm not saying something from my lips. I'm saying it from my heart. I'm trying to get you to escape judgment. See, nobody talks to Jews like Jews should be talked to. Everybody's afraid because the moment you say anything critical, you become anti-Semitic, so you run under the bush and cut your mouth. But Farrakhan ain't that kind of man. Thank y'all for tuning into the Five Swing Song Network tonight. We have our brother Ella Shore going into a little bit of the Kanye West situation, but more into Jewish-Black relationships and church history, along with um, co-host uh, Percy Porsche in Cincinnati, Ohio, Pastor Elsie Chris in Fort Worth, and Brother John uh, Clark also in Fort Worth. All right, Texas have a heavy panel, y'all. But everybody's line is now open, Brother Elishua. Uh It is back uh, in your hands, Brother. Um, what say you? Well, I would say that the last thing he said, <laughs> neither am I. Because I have a commission from the Most High. And you have to understand that this is where I come when I was in a certain setting. 
and people begin to use aspects of their community, of their culture, to control and to manipulate myself and those around me, I felt very uncomfortable because I realized that they were stopping us from having the freedom of expression of what our core thoughts, our core beliefs were, and that our core thoughts, our core beliefs, any objections, we had to yield to the culture. And what Farrakhan just said is this, and herein lies the problem when we deal with the issue of anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is a created word that was created by Jewish people for their protection. You have to understand you're dealing with a people who have stolen another people's identity. And it is not just any identity. It is the most coveted identity on planet Earth. That means to be specifically, individually chosen of the creator of heaven and earth above all other people on the planet. And that's why come when you read in Romans, it says that when it gives to Israel, when it talks about the, 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 the status that Israel has, it says to them was given the oracle, to them was given the promise, to them was given, check out this word, the esteem. Because just like now Christians say that our identity must be in Christ, and that's where our confidence comes from. Well, Israelites felt the same way, but they realized that everybody within their ethnicity was the apple of the eye of the great I am. And so the Jews sought to steal that position so that they could have that elevated position in the world community and world society. And that's why come they made the grab for the land of Palestine to claim it as their homeland to solidify and give accreditation to their claim of jury. Well, they're not Jews. As a matter of fact, those who are listening, again, turn to your Bibles, Revelation 3 and 8. Those who say they're Jews but are not, but of the synagogue of Satan. I have never encountered an Hebrew Israelite who claims to be Jewish or claims to be a Jew. They say that we're either Hebrew or we're Israelites, but they don't claim to be Jews. The only people in the last thousand years who have claimed to be Jews are the people who now inhabit the land of Israel, the people who call themselves Jewish, and they are not Jews. They are not biological descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Neither are they of the 12 tribes of Israel. That's the true fact. Now, many people will talk about this, and then in order to be for, for, for purposes of inclusion, say, well, okay, they're Jews, but, well, you know, we're just of a different tribe. No, they're not Jews. The Bible says they say they are Jews, but they are not, but they are the synagogue of Satan. So in order to accommodate your sensibilities, I'm not going to sit and lie to you and say that most of the people who are populate Israel proper are Jews, are descendants of the 12 tribes of Israel, because they absolutely are not. And it is the money brokers who have brokered the deal with the Bearfly Declaration, the people who control lending and spending here in the United States of America, the money brokers behind the entertainment industry who have converged and conspired to destroy you and me. Because we're the only people who can expose them for who they are and who they're not. And that's why 
all of this paranoia, all of this existence because one basketball player, this is really beyond Kanye now because Kanye has his own agenda. Kyrie's only agenda is that the black people in America wake up and know that we are Israel. Well, Kyrie's agenda is much more serious and has much longer-lasting implications than Kanye's agenda. Kanye's agenda will be over next year. We'll run. Kanye may be going to something else. If he's still on this, then we know that he's true and he's authentic and what he's doing, and he's not doing this for a personal agenda. But with Kyrie, it's a whole different issue. And that is what causes them concern. And that's why I come. You have never heard any of these people in the news, none of these basketball commentators say that what is in that film, that documentary from Hebrews to Negroes is a lie. Now, the only information that seems to be of contradiction, and it's only contradiction because, again, the Jewish people covered up the truth years ago, and that is information that comes from a pamphlet called the Protocols of Zion. They insist that the Protocol of Zion was written by someone else, but it is literally a blueprint for how the Jews control the world. Now, here's the problem. I'm not saying the Protocol of Zion are authentic, but it is very coincidental that a lot of the information that comes from the Protocol of Zion, you can actually find in the Talmud. And then when you look at their actions, a lot of the information and how they conduct business and how that they censor anyone who challenges them on any matter, well, that, a lot of that information, whether the, the protocol of Zion is authentic or not, that information is still consistent with the information that comes from the book, the pamphlet called the Protocol of Zion. Now, today, I'm supposed to turn this up, and we can just discuss this to the end of the show, but I listened to a video today by a guy named Busybone, and I think that's the, that's the one, Busybone, who is a part of a group who no longer makes music called Born, Bone Thugs and Harmony. And this video was about 20 years ago. And in this video, Bone recounts an experience, and he said for his own safety, for the safety of the people involved, that he cannot call, he cannot name names. But yet he laid out how they were called to this private residence, and that there were people there that they knew that were not from the music industry. And then they had a meeting, and they told them that these people had invested in the new entrepreneurial trend that was coming called private prisons. And that with the United States government, that they were allowed to build these prisons contingent upon one stipulation. The prisons had to remain at about 70% capacity. Well, the only way that you can ensure that you're going to have 70% capacity in a prison, you have to ensure that there's going to be crime because prison sentence come as a result of committing crime. So what was the proposition that was made to these rappers is that we want you all to create music that is oriented in criminology. And that way we will ensure that we will have products for our prison inmates. Now, some would say, I don't know about that. But if you actually go look at Florida judicial cases, case laws, 
you will find a number of cases where judges have been convicted on corruption cases because they have worked with wardens to give young black fruit, give young black youth either extended sentences or sentencing them for crimes that they should have been sentenced for probation or either crimes that they should have never been indicted for. And the main objective and the end goal is to get bodies in the prison. The people who are behind this industrial prison complex are the very people in question that we're talking about. I actually have a list of those who were some of the CEOs and some of those who had stock in these private prisons. Because even let's think about that concept. What kind of nation takes its prisons and makes their prison open as a public forum on a public stock exchange that people can invest stock in? If you don't have prisoners, you don't have a prison, and therefore you have no revenue coming off of your stock. So in order for you to gain and give dividends off of your stock, it is essential that the prisons have prisoners. And we all know that 65% of the United States prison population is made up of, by, made up of 6% of the United States population, and that is black men. How do you explain that? We talk about the music industry. If you will listen, go on YouTube right now and listen to any hip-hop song, you're not going to find one positive hip-hop song that reinforces life, community, racial, social identity. All the music, the pre, all the music is now preoccupied with the selling of drugs, what I refer to as a thing called whole culture, your Megan Good, your city girl. That's what they promote. This is what they're promoting to young, your young girls. So when y'all young girls get on Facebook and take pictures with their ass flipped around, with their ass up in the air, that's coming from their culture. And this is so freaking insidious that now I see grown women in their 40s and 50s turning around, doing something that they don't understand comes from a culture and an aspect of culture that I, in our former days, we held in contempt. And what happened in hip-hop music is that the voice, of the gangsters, the thugs, that's definitely what's happening now. The gangsters, the thugs, the robbers, the killers, the dope dealers have become mainline culture for black Americans and even a great deal of white America. <laughs> the people who financially produce this music are the people that we're at war with. And do I say, why do I say war? Because if you go to Revelation chapter 12, and it talks about a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and the 12 stars upon her head, and how she gave birth to a man-child, and the man-child was caught up to being into heaven, and that, the, and that Satan from that time forth went to make war the remnant of the seed of the woman. That is a reference to Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the remnant of the seeds of the woman. Satan's primary target in this dispensation, in this last era, in this end-time event, is us. Because what he wants to destroy right now is our identity. And that's why come all of the chaos that you see going on in regards to the media about this one issue, and for some reason it seems not to be dying down, is because of the fact that we are being exposed. And people are coming to the knowledge 
and being made aware that the descendants of the European transatlantic slave trade, people whom this nation has referred to for over 400 years as niggers, are actually the seeds, the descendants of Abraham, the patriarch, Isaac, the patriarch, Jacob, the patriarch, Sarah, the matriarch, the 12 tribes of Israel. How does Kanye say? The blood of Christ. I told a friend years ago that the same blood that runs through Christ's veins runs through my veins. He thought I was crazy. I bet he don't think I'm that crazy now. Questions, comments? I like to comment. I tell this to people, and it sounds really crazy. But when an African-American even spit, that's not to put nobody down. But even in your saliva is the DNA of Israel. Wrap your brain around that, folks. We are those people. And, of course, LSU can't get into everything, but the mandate upon our life as Israelites is to turn to the Most High and to be an example for the nations to come to a pure form of worship. That's my comment as far as that, uh, uh, what you were just saying. Uh, let's go to... Uh, uh, we, we're wrapping up, everybody, so I'd like to have your finals, please, uh, just just because we're wrapping up. Uh, let's go to uh, round robin. Uh, Brother John, are you still on the line? Okay. Make sure his line is open. Yeah, uh, okay. You have your final brother ready, and then we'll go to Pastor Chris and then uh, Brother Purcell all the way in Cincinnati. Final comment, uh, please. John, your line is muffled. If you're talking, John, you, John, you muffle. I don't know what you're Is that that's not clear? clear? That's clear. That's clear. Try okay, again. I didn't do anything different. I was just saying, get, get up there. Um, locally spoken bars, which simply means just unstopped truth upon truth, well put together. Um, I appreciate it. Very, very good to be back in the house with Brother Purcell and Pastor Chris, as well as you, Seth. You know, you picked me up from the airport, so it's like you forget these things, but good to be back among the brothers. Um, I'll catch up when the next show kicks in. Yes, yes. And that's Brother John Clark. Appreciate him. Our old moderator uh, for the Five Smooth Stone, and, and of course, John Doyle, I have a, wear a whole lot of hats. Pastor Chris, go right ahead. Uh, um, final words. Um, first of all, I want to thank uh, Five Smooth Stones Network. I want to thank you, and I want to thank Brother Ellishua. You know, I didn't say much, but the brother was telling the truth. I, I fully agree with him. You know, and, you know, I'm just going to say this in, in, in other words. Um, when you go to your church, what color is Jesus? You know, because, you know, people have said that that that, that saps us of our power, not knowing who we are and whose we are. And I just want to thank you and Brother LSU for, for spelling it out so well. Thank you. You're welcome, Pastor Chris, and uh, appreciate those words. I'm 
share this with us as well. Uh, Brother Purcell Porsche. Yes, sir. Um, well, I'll tell you what. My head is on swole. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was that was a a wealth of knowledge. Um, very eloquently put. Um, the history lesson was 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 awesome. Um, so. And uh, I appreciate that, uh, Brother John. Also, I appreciate uh, Pastor Cliff. Appreciate you guys. Um, appreciate all of the perspectives that are on the line. Um, and just in in closing, I just want to share uh, something that God put on my heart uh, a couple of days ago. You all know my foundation scripture for Salt Life Ministries is. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 13, which reads, Ye are the salt of the earth. And if the salt lose his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? My concern and my assignment is the body of Christ, is the believer and uh, the lifestyle that we exemplify as believers because we are representing a Christ, a King of kings, and a Lord of lords. And it's important to me that we represent him to the fullest. So... This is why thought life is so important to me and why it means so much to me for me to understand and know that I am the salt of the earth. It's also equally important to me to know that I am Israel. And as Israel and the salt of the earth, the B portion of that scripture said, when if the salt Lose his favor If the salt I need Israel Lose Sight Of Christ If I lose Sight Of the Christ And the mission Of the Christ And the uh, Commission Then what happens is I lose my effectiveness in the earth. That's right. And that is, that is, in my opinion, what has happened to the body of Christ. I think you said on Monday, I think Seth may have said this on Monday, the majority of the of, of quote-unquote Christians don't even know uh, the information that you shared As it relates to the history lesson That we received 
not only on Monday night, but on tonight as well. I went back and listened to the show from Monday night. But that was a, a plethora of information that many of, quote, unquote, believers have no idea. But, again, it is equally, it is so important for us to know as believers that we are, as uh, the black believer, first and foremost, that we are Israel. That's, that's, that's so very important. But it's also equally important that we understand the notion that we are the salt of the earth. And our thought comes from the savor of the Holy Ghost and the Christ that lives on the inside of us. So when we uh, fail to fear, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we fear not the Lord, we do him a, a disservice. And we lose our effectiveness in the earth. Purcell? Yes, sir. You give the longest finals, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. (laughs) You know, some of those comments you should have been making throughout the show because those are very good comments, and I feel horrible cutting you off because it's going so good. So go ahead and finish. Just notice the final. Go right ahead, because it's good I'm, stuff. I'm fi- I'm finished. It's just it's. I just don't want us to lose sight of the Christ in us and the mission that's before us, because we got work to do, man. We got work to do. We 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 are the light of the world. We are a city that's set us on a hill that cannot be hid. We have work to do, man. It's a dying world out here. It's a dying world out here that needs this Christ that we are so fond of. So I admonish each one of us that are that's on the line and each person that uh, is listening in, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I admonish you to get your boots on the ground and to uh, to to contend contend for the faith. And this is Purcell and Del Porsche, all the way in Cincinnati, Ohio, Salt Life Ministries. Uh, and I love you And it's not a thing You can do about it Alright, alright That's the first tell with two L's, right? <laughs> two L's, baby <laughs> Yes, sir <laughs> Alright, alright uh, Brother Ellis, show final words, please And then I'm going to do a, I'm not going to do my ten minutes As I said at the beginning of the show For time's sake I'll make it more like three minutes Because we got to close out But Go ahead, brother okay, Final I'll word I'll be ready I'll be very brief, and first of all, I want to thank all of the brothers who are on the air tonight. 
I hold you brothers in such high esteem. Um, and I everybody's line is still open, by the way. Everybody's line is still open. I just reopened everybody's line. While pre- uh, so go ahead, just in case somebody wants to say something to you. Go ahead. Yeah, as I said, so I, I hold you brothers in such high esteem. I am a person, whenever I do get opportunity to break forth the bread and speak forth the words of life, I usually do so unceasingly because for the most part, I don't talk to a lot of people. I'm a recluse. And I choose the people who I spend my time with very wisely. That's extremely important. That's for all of you all out there as well. And know that iron sharpen iron. And I can tell you that every brother on this line, I have had the opportunity to sit with them and break bread. Uh, we are intimate friends. And I'm telling you that even though we are in our most down-to-earth, relaxed state when we come on this show and, you know, we're at home. But just know you're dealing with some heavy hitters, and we don't come to you um, just to be able to be heard. We actually love you. We love you, so therefore we have to serve you. And we hope that in serving you, we can reflect the nature and the character of Hamashiach, because we only long to do what he has called us to do. We've all been given specific tasks. And I would say this to everyone, and my closing argument is this. And I'm going to read you the words of one of my greatest apostles. I hold the man in such a high esteem. I believe the second only to Yahweh shot that Paul was the greatest theologian that is compiled in Scripture. And he said these words. Well, we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect comes, then that which is in part shall be done away with. Remember the Scripture says that then we will be able to shine forth bright as the sun. But first, that which is in part is done away with, and that which is perfect shall come. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to the body of Christ. I'm not talking to Christianity. But when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man... of statue and of maturity, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known of he who has called me. And now abide a faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest three of the three is love. And I'll just leave you with this, with this, with this the gift thought about. If you read this whole chapter and you read what Paul just said, what Paul is implying is that the greatest manifestation, the fruit of maturity, is walking in love. And Paul once told some people that because I love you, do I become your enemy? No. I tell you the truth because I love you. We all have children, and we tell them the truth because we want to keep them out of harm's way, and we do it because we love them. And the things that we say are not always readily, quickly embraced. But we have to plant the seed. Because I know myself personally that my grandma used to always say, son, you're going to have to serve somebody in this life. You're going to need to serve God and you're going to serve man. And if you don't stop what you're doing, you're going to end up doing the thing that you, that you despise most. You're going to end up serving white people. Well, years later, when I was out there in that cotton field, Dragging a 70-pound bag of cotton behind me, and the Texas sun and the heat was beating down on my behind. 
You know whose voice I heard? In this life, Mr. Ellison, we're going to serve somebody. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. And that's what I leave you with. Who are you going to serve? If it's going to be God, if it's going to be Yah, if it's going to be Yahweh, if it's going to be Yahweh, if it's going to be that which you know is Jesus Christ, then truly serve him. Because your life is not your own. You've been brought with a price. And like Kurzweil said, we got work to do. Y'all bless you. I love you. Good night and have a wonderful weekend. Brother Seth? Well, I want to say to everybody, thank you, Brother Ellis Shore. Everybody participated. Y'all don't run away. I got a powerful song at the end. Don't run, don't run. I got a powerful song at the end. Y'all know I put a lot into the first and last song. I'll use the words of... Um, uh, that I've heard somebody say years ago, and I try to say at the end of every show, Purcell actually uh, it's already said it. I love every single one of y'all, and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't, I don't think I need to come behind with comments. I think everybody spoke well. Good night, y'all. Probably see you. I don't know if we're going to do a show on Thursday, but I know I mean, on Sunday, excuse me, but we'll probably try to do a show on Sunday. Not real sure, but Monday for sure we'll have a show. Monday for sure we'll have a show Sunday. Stay tuned. Good night.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.